Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. All right, flipping gears here on Take Command. Let's talk. Let's talk X's and O's. Let's talk football and, and how this team ultimately progresses on the field. And Logan, we perhaps more than anyone else have talked about how uh, the scheme change this year uh, one was necessary. We spent a lot of time breaking down some of the, the shortfalls last season, but then the ways that we think Eric Bieniemy can help Sam Howe can help this offensive line. I know you were listening to another podcast recently that talked about some of these things that gave you some ideas and and some of the key points uh, that we can apply to the commander. So first, let's shout out whoever you're listening to. The the ringer, the ringer, they did a NFL show. Yeah, it was was, it's well done. And so, like, I will say one of the things about those guys is they're not like they are football guys, but they haven't they don't coach. They're like more analytics based guys. And so mm-hmm. their observations, I think, are very unique because like their observations are super like formational based, super um, kind of personnel based. And so, like, you know, their conclusion was like teams are going to be in 11 more, which is, you know, through wide receivers, one uh, tight end, one back. Great. I agree with that. Teams are going to be in um, the gun more. Great. Agree with that. And one of the reasons they were kind of saying it's because you're getting this man match coverage and it's really hard for the quarterback to turn his back to the defense. Also agree with that. You're going to see a little bit less RPO, which I agree with because RPO, I think, kind of is not as good as your quick game. It's not as good as a true run game, and teams are getting better at playing it. I agree with it. I think that their conclusions on, on you know, like the benefits of certain things kind of overlook a really critical element, you know? And I think, like, when you talk about offensive innovation, like, it's not it, – there is innovation when it comes to route concepts and formations hundred percent. Right. Cause you know, you're breaking rules. I think a great example is in the Detroit game last year versus the commanders where, you know, they, they kind of, they, they motion to a change of strength and then they motion to a bunch. And then William Jackson, the third and Benjamin St. Juice on the same, aren't on the same page. And Amon Ross St. Brown is over the middle on a dig like that. You're getting beat with the pen there. And th- there will always be innovation there. I think the thing that I, if, if there's one element of offensive innovation that I think is so important, for fans to understand, like, you know, we're talking about Harris and looking forward to the future. We're talking about um, this year with Eric Bieniemy is pass protection, right? Obviously, like being in the gun is important, right? It's It allows the quarterback to see, keep his eyes on the defense in a way that you can't do necessarily from under center. Like that's the value of that. However, like you got to make sure you protect it, right? Because blitz packages, rushes, 
defensive personnel is just are they're just getting better in that category. So I don't care how good your quarterback is, like they I don't care if they're exceptional. If you can't protect up front, like you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So to me, that is the thing that's interesting because they say teams are kind of moving away from true play action pass stuff. And I don't know if I totally agree with it. I think the role of play action pass is slightly changing. Does that make sense, Greg? It's not it's not what it was with Kyle, where it's like we're run, 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 play action, play action, very limited drop back stuff. It is a feature of the offense from this kind of gun centric approach, you know? And so I think the thing that I came away with was like, you know, they kept saying in the podcast, I they need to um you know, find ways to get play action concepts into gun and teams have done that. It's fine. But the thing that allows them to do that is they've changed protections. And we've talked with Eric Bieniemy. I've watched a lot of Kansas city film with Andy Reed. Like one of the things they do an excellent job of with that is they do a great job with like chip help by the backs, the tight ends and working slides. And so chip help is basically like, I'm sure people kind of know what that is, but it's basically like, you know, the, let's say, I've got five down linemen. I've got two backs in the backfield, like in a split back. I, with those backs, can protect the edges of that pocket by rushing them right at the outside rusher and forcing them to the tackle. And it just gives the tackle a little bit of an advantage so that they can win the down. And that's ultimately what you want to do, right? And so what I will say is Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, the, the guy in Detroit, um, has done a great job of, of getting to these deeper concepts by utilizing chip help and by utilizing slide protections and other things like that. So to me, the innovation, yeah, there's been a formational shift, right? And a prioritizing uh, of this gun philosophy because the quarterback's got to see what's going on. But to me, the real innovation and the real kind of adjustment has come in the protection, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, there's a ton there um, that I think is interesting. Let's let's work our way backwards and hopefully yeah. I remember the other things I want to ask. Yeah. But the, the chip help part of it, um, I think it's pretty interesting because I feel like fans all the time, like you're, you're fan who cares about protection. The yeah. one who does more than yell, <laughs> ah, they God, they got sacked again. The one who's like, got sacked again. Yeah. Why don't they do X? The first thing they go to is like, why don't you chip? Yeah. Um, but there's also a downside to that, correct? which is you are delaying your back getting out of the backfield um, and potentially throwing the timing of whatever you're doing off. You can't like, if you get a little chip, then maybe the route's on time. You get a big chip, the back could fall over. Right. Um, sure. Congrats. You have now. Uh, gotten your successful contact on your chip, but your you know, 20% of your eligible receivers are no longer a factor in, in the down. And, you, um, and, and you that's something that. that I remember talking about with Sean um, when he was here because, you know, oh, keep a back, especially you keep a back in to protect. Right. You only get five eligibles. And so there's there's a different set of challenges um, that, that are presented here. And there are some tackles that don't really like chip help. Um, so this is knowing your personnel as well, because it's like, hey, just leave me alone and let me do my thing yep. versus, okay, I know the chip is coming. I can set a little farther inside. So and from a, and can I just from a, like a concept, real quick? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say from a concept standpoint, I think these are some of the factors that don't necessarily present themselves on the surface that OCs have to think about, but the more you use them, you see the innovation and ultimately they're, they're mastered better. And I think that's hopefully what you're starting to see in the league. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing is like, yeah, it, it is limiting. Right. But if you think about like play action pass concepts, it's like a two man, three man route combination that needs to 
kind of overload coverages in a specific way. So like one that is one that I saw, which I really, really liked that Detroit ran was basically what they call like a Miami concept. So basically like the receiver to the right runs like a 15 yard sip. And in quarters, that safety to that side is going to attach to that. Right. And you know that because it's in like kind of that weird depth where it's not 10, it's not 20. He's got to buy it. Right. And so what they did is to the other side, they run like a deep post and it's not like a traditional post. It's like an angle, like running across the field. And so he's running that deep post on a quarter safety. Right. And so that other side of the field is completely open. The problem is that this is a very long developing concept. So like, how do you get to it? Right. So what Detroit did is they work a slide protection. So they slide the offensive line, right, which helps the offensive line. So that right tackle gets slide help. You have the tight end off the ball, sift back across the formation and chip the defensive end with running back help. And so you are kind of in this weird, like max pro, but because the back's there to help the tight end, the back can get out to the flat and have flat control for this other route concept over. It's like basically a curl, right? So like if I was going through the routes, it's like deep sit, post, curl, chip to the flat, right? So you, you are gaining a two-level throw to the left there if you need it, but it is happening later in the down. You're really trying to hit the home run here to this deep post. And that protection works great because you're helping the right tackle, you're helping the left tackle, and you're helping the tight end. And so you've allowed Jared Goff enough vision to the field to make this throw. And it's not off a play action. It's on third and 10. And you've allowed, you've added it. What uh, what Mike McDaniel says is you've added a hitch, right? So you've gotten back there. Mm -hmm. I've done my five-step drop for, or it's three-step from the gun. And I can hitch and I can hitch one more time and launch this football down the field just because of this protection design, right? So just chipping is not the answer. I need a well-reasoned concept that is going to get open on the second hitch. If I don't do that, like let's say, for example, like Scott Turner did this a ton last year, and I know he's not here anymore. I'm not, this is not like a rain on Scott Turner parade here, but like when you run three verticals, right? Because we just talked about three eligible receivers. They came up with this concept called Miami, I'm going to call it, right? They run three verticals into the teeth of the defense. There is no conflict for the defense. Like if you're in cover three and you're running verticals, those corners are just going to get really deep with those verticals. The post safety is going to stay right there and there's no conflict. So I could chip all day. I could chip a million times. I could, you know, like the quarterback could chip. I don't know, right? Like there's no way that they're going to get open versus that coverage. You need like a well-reasoned pass concept that manipulates the coverage you're expecting and gives the quarterback an opportunity to throw the football. Right. Well, and it also accounts for the timing differences and things that I talked about, right? If that if yes. that check or if that chip player is the last player in the progression, right. uh, even they have, they could fall down while chipping and still get up and probably still get open. Yeah. Um, occasionally, that doesn't happen. Your quarterback has to eat it, but it is what it is. But you've also, like you said, you've created some real issues for the defense that hopefully uh, it's it's a smarter route concept. So that was one of the the things that I think, you know where the innovation helps, right? You yeah. think of some of the problems with some of the things that we're talking about in the past, the innovation solves the problem. Yeah. So the next problem that I would raise that has been an issue in the past with this concept, concept being a large term here that we're talking about is play action out of the gun typically hasn't been very effective. No. Um, play action when the quarterback does not turn their back and like really, you know, show the ball typically doesn't actually get the bite that you're, you're 
after the token fakes don't have the same effect on the defense. Now the problem with when, Hey, we want to run play action. Our quarterback needs to turn his back to the defense is your quarterback's turning his back to the defense. When he turns around it, he's got to create a picture versus, you know, I'm riding this fake and getting to right. scan while I, I ride the fake. How have teams gotten around that to make it worthwhile to have the play action in the first place? Yeah. So I think that, um, so yeah, it's a really, really good question. So let's just start with like what we were just talking about with like chip help, right? So when I'm running these like deep play action concepts with chip help, right? I'm not getting the same draw from the linebackers or on the linebackers. I'm not putting them in conflict in the same way. So as a quarterback, I have to understand, and this is obviously coaching, right? They're going to get some depth. And then all of a sudden those chip players, which are kind of, you know, forgotten thoughts in most people's offenses become your primary read. So you'll see like with Kansas City, for example, like if Mahomes is a is a magician, right, that he can fit balls wherever they need to go. But let's say he can't, he'll check the ball down to like Isaiah Pacheco, like a 15 yard gain and a first down because everybody's gotten under these like deeper, longer developing concepts. So that's one thing. Also, like you look around, you see like, oh, like you've got these token fakes now. Right. But how you run the fake is also important. So like, for example, when I was watching when I was prepping for this. I was watching um, Cincinnati and they brought the tight end in motion to kind of a fullback spot, had him ISO on the linebacker. That token fake all of a sudden has some more teeth to it, you know, just by giving it a little bit more action. So the linebacker comes up and fits the tight end. The The back doesn't even touch the football. The, the fake is terrible. But I remember when I was with Kyle, he used to say something like, it's not the action necessarily. It's what they're seeing from the combinations up front. That's the thing that kind of like is the Pavlov's dogs thing. It like just triggers the linebacker, right? So if that's good and on this fake, like the fake is terrible, the ball fake's terrible, but the action's really strong. Then you get T Higgins on a dig where that linebacker is supposed to be. And it's an easy completion for Joe Burrow, right? So like they are finding ways to increase and improve the actions, those kind of token fake actions from the backfield. Like I think another one is Mahomes and Kansas City. They'll run like a jet sweep action. And they'll just kind of the quarterback's eyes are directly on the field and just have him go like run the ball with the with the jet sweep and the linebackers will move. And it's like they found ways to get harder actions for the linebackers um, off of some different kind of looks with the play action. And I do think like when you look at Detroit, for example, or San Francisco, like we've talked about, they still run a ton of under center play action because they run the ball a ton. But it's just about when they get to that. It's like. It's like, this is our haymaker. We got to hit it, right? We got to ensure that we hit it. And I think that's where play action, the role is kind of shifted. You're getting into, because like third down's a down, you got to win. You got to be in the gun. You got to find a way to protect it. That's kind of what we're talking about. But first and second down, um, that play action is still a, a very potent weapon, I think. Does that answer your question, Greg? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. So I guess this leads to my other big bugaboo with play action, which is when teams run play action fakes off of runs, they don't actually run. Cause to me, that would be like, 
the way that you get around, okay, it's a token fake, but like if it's a run, you actually run and it looks the same. And no matter how good the ball fake is, if my key as a linebacker is to see this, you know, running back taking a certain track or a tight end pulling a certain way, uh, the guard, obviously the offensive line on a uh, play action is is going to look like they're run blocking for a second before they they get into their pass sets, at least theoretically. Um, that That's how that works. If I'm reading that key and it looks like something that's run, the ball fake doesn't matter. The ball yeah. fake is the least important part of that. Right. So is that a part of what's also happening yeah. here is you're seeing better marry of run and pass games. And that, that for some reason is an innovation that no, that a lot of offensive coordinators used to not care about that. It's like, yeah, we don't run outside zone, but the play actions off it are great. So we're going to fake it all the time. Yeah. And any moderately intelligent defender could figure out that it was going to be play action. Yeah. It's, that's an interesting question. And like, you know, when I was with Kyle, like we had a run, it was called, uh, what was it? It was uh 15, 15, 14, 15 Wanda Y man from the gun. So it would have been 30, 34, 35. Right. And we did not run that run at all. We never ran that run. We ran the play action pass a ton and we coached the, the crap out of the play action. And we were so good at running the fake that the linebackers would fit it every single time. So, you know what I mean? I think there is a, maybe a school of thought that, you know, like, okay, for example, you mentioned the outside zone thing. I think that's a really potent point. Like you need to run some version of that run. Like we ran tight zone. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we did run a version of that. So it wasn't like, oh, we've never run tight zone before in our whole lives. Let's throw it in right now. We've run tight zone. It just didn't run that exact run. So I do think you have to have something in the bag that resembles what your play action faking. I just don't think you need to like, so for example, like if we want to run outside zone, we don't need to run the exact mirror. So let's say for example, we're running like pass 18, uh, you know, F sift. Like that's, we don't need to run that run, but we can run that as a play pass, but the outside zone action is still going to work. Does that, does that make sense? What I'm saying it's like, you don't need to yeah, run. It's got to be similar enough. Yeah. Don't need to run the exact run, but you need to have something that says, Oh, I got to go. And I think when you look at Kansas city, for example, one of the things that I find fascinating about that offense and the way they've solved the problem is they don't do a ton of like hard play action fakes. Oftentimes the tackles are like pass setting almost. But the backfield action is so aggressive, like with the jet sweep and then the ball fake to the back, that the 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 D line knows it's passed, so they start pass rushing. But the linebackers are f- trying to fit those different keys, and you get them to kind of step up in the line of scrimmage. So I think there are different ways to get there, obviously. And I think, but it, to your point and to this innovation point, it's how do you get there given your personnel, you know? And so, like in Kansas City, their O line was was pretty good, you know, their tackles were okay. They emphasize chipping t- chip help for the tackles. This violent jet sweep kind of token fake action worked really well for them, partially because they have Patrick Mahomes. But um, I think that that is really interesting. And then in this podcast, again, kind of just totally off the tangent, Kansas City ran more 13 runs, more 13 personnel runs than any team in the NFL last year. You know, like, so there's this kind of confluence of like, can I get in a big personnel to match the nickel? Can I use personnel to influence? But I do think, that kind of at the core of everything, it's if I want to pass the football, how do I insulate the pass? Is it play action? Is it quick game? Is it screen? Is it token fake? Is it jet sweep action? And I need to practice it enough that I'm really good at it. And from a protection standpoint. Right. 
And that was, you know, the jet sweep one is kind of what made me think of all this too, because there were definitely times last year where they'd go games without running it and you'd see teams just yeah. wouldn't react. You know, the, the fake is haphazard where you watch Kansas city and it's like, yeah, it's, we're going to run a jet sweep two, three times a game. Yeah. Um, so you better be ready for it all time. And Mahomes might not even have to actually fake the jet sweep. Yeah. Just the, the, the guy running yeah, by is enough to move the linebackers. Yeah. And and that's kind of to your point of like, when you realize what it is to me, this is the innovation and, and see if I've distilled this properly. Right. But to me, the actual innovation is realizing what it is that the defense is reacting to and yeah. manipulating that right. it's not it's not hey we got to do this fake handoff thing uh because the handoff is not actually what anybody's looking at it's right. realizing that it's where the guard goes where the jet sweep guy goes yeah. um or whatever and, yeah. and manipulating the actual thing that is being reacted to which goes to an understanding of defense that for i think a lot of nfl history offensive coaches kind of didn't care about they right. just like we're going to dictate and they'll react. And now, as we saw in play callers and, and what we've, we've seen uh, just by our observations, you have a group of offensive coaches that understands defense is better. And that's also coincided with defenses becoming more complex and there, there being a need to do that. Yeah. And then trying to manipulate that, which leads to this secular or this, um, uh, like kind of circular mm. nature of innovation. Right. One thing re cyclical is more what I'm saying of one thing reacts to the next, reacts to the next, reacts to the next. Yeah. And I think I, I so yeah, I totally agree. That's a hundred percent. Right. And I think that's, what's characterizing innovation. And I think your personnel characterize it. Right. Cause Kyle with his like fullbacks and tight ends is innovating differently than, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. But I also think like when you're talking about the past game specifically, it's, it's the, the innovation is, you know, route concepts are super, you know, I, I, there's only a certain number of route concepts you can do. The thing that makes it go is the protection for the quarterback. And that is where you have to be really, really sharp. And I think that's where EB, at least through OTAs and minicamp has shown an understanding of chip help alignment, like, you know, like just putting guys in tight splits, quick game screens, a little bit of RPO stuff, right? Like all that stuff adds up. So that when I do take my shot, the old line's in a good spot. So like that's something that I think is, and it's not, it's not, that's not even an indictment of personnel. That's across the league. Like Philly has the best old line in football. They can do whatever they want, right? They have Lane Johnson, they have Jordan Mailata, they have an excellent group, right? They're they're dominant. But when you look at even like Cincinnati, when you look at uh, the 49ers, when you look at Kansas City, even like you have to find a way to insulate that group so you can push the ball down the field. And that's that to me is is what I think they kind of missed is a lot of teams. Yes, they're getting in the gun more, but the thing that is allowing that is the sequencing of plays and protecting and insulating the offensive line. So that's kind of what I would say, just adding my two cents to that. Uh, no, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, glad we talked about that because now we get to track it all yeah, season long, right. uh, starting with Wednesday's practice. Uh, there is a practice on Wednesday. It's not open to the public. First uh, open practice that you all can go to as fans is Thursday. Uh, but depending on our recording schedule, Logan and I might be able to react to the first practice. But we'll really treat the pod uh, later this week as a training camp preview. Yeah. Kind of refresher every single thing that you need to know going into training camp, all the position battles, all the key storylines, there will be the ultimate training camp primer that is a must listen to for every Commanders fan. So that is coming up 
later this week. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, and you're watching it, especially on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button. Subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening somewhere else. If you're not already subscribed, it's it's subscription season, Logan. Now is the time. <laughs> if you need to listen every week, football is back, baby. And we'll be back later this week here on Take Command.